Good morning, St. Paul's. Our first scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 7, verses... Oh, that's not me. (laughs) Um, uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 to 16, and it's located on page 1069 in your pew Bibles. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. Our second scripture reading is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, located on page 1496 in your pew Bibles. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you Mary, your Mary, oh, sorry, to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Here ends the word of the Lord. Friends, would you join me in prayer? We come into your presence today seeking a word from you. So we pray you would meet us where we are, that your spirit would fill us up, that the fire of your love would be kindled within each one of us. Speak to us now for our good and for your glory. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Continuing on my theme from last week, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the ocean and the coastline of Maine. If you recall last week, I talked about going down to the beach and walking along and finding sea glass. I want to tell you about another place along the shoreline that was special to me as a little kid. I would walk from my grandmother's house. I'd go down to the beach and I, I would hang a left and I'd keep going along the shoreline for about a mile until I came to a place called the Devil's Oven. Oh, for especially for a little kid, that was, 
That was so cool. To go to the devil's oven. And I'd psych myself up, right? I mean, I'd be, I'd be walking along the coast and I'd get close to the devil's oven and I'd, I would think I would see spirits or ghosts or something. Oh, I loved it. Well, devil's oven was a little tiny cave. I'm not sure it was really even a cave. There was a, there was a little opening that as a kid, I could barely get through. I could not get through it now. And you had to kind of crawl up. You'd, you'd walk into the cave. You'd have to hunch down like this. You'd get in. You couldn't stand up fully. And then there was a little space at the end that you'd crawl out. The whole thing was maybe 20, 25 feet. But I loved to go to Devil's Oven. The thing that I loved so much about Devil's Oven was this little tiny cave right there on the beach. I could stand at the entrance, and I would yell in, and it would echo. Oh, I love that. I would yell things in, and of course, my six or seven or eight-year-old brain, when I would yell in and it would echo, that was, the devil must be in there. It would echo, it would bounce around the walls of the cave, and I'd I'd yell my name, or I would yell things, and I would hear an echo. Oh, and I loved it. I would walk over there just so I could hear the echo. You know, in the pages of Scripture, all through the story of God's plan to save and redeem humanity, we find echoes. We heard some echoes this morning. Isaiah, that great prophet that we hear every Advent, talking about the coming of a Messiah. And the prophets that follow Isaiah echo that promise down the generations. As people hear about one who would come to save and redeem the people, the one who would restore and renew, the one who would set everything right, the one who would be the perfect epitome of justice and mercy. Echoes of the Messiah constantly rang in the people of Israel's ears. They were waiting and longing for a Messiah. And in Matthew today, we see the annunciation to Joseph that the Messiah was going to come. The echo, no longer a distant hope, but now it had come near. The time was ready the promise would be fulfilled. Think with me for a moment, if you will, about Joseph. We don't have a whole lot about Joseph in the pages of Scripture. Matthew makes brief mention of him. Luke mentions him briefly as well. We don't really see Joseph other than the birth narratives of Jesus. But in this short seven verses or eight verses that Brielle read for us, we get a glimpse into the character of Joseph, don't we? Joseph lived in a day and age where, um, you know, kids were made kind of like kids are made today. Biology hasn't changed a whole lot in a couple of thousand years in that regard. And so for Mary to be pregnant would have brought great scandal on Joseph and his family. 
And in fact, according to Jewish law, he could have divorced her, or maybe even worse. And we see in the scripture that Joseph, finding out that she's pregnant, depending on the translation you read, it says something like, he would put her away quietly. That means he would not bring public shame and disgrace to her, although that was well within his right to do so. He would put her away quietly, end the marriage quietly, not to scandalize her. We see something about Joseph's character in this. Well, the angel comes to him and says, it's okay. The Holy Spirit has come upon Mary and she is with child. Now, when you read this, you don't see, you know, if I were Joseph and an angel came and said that to me, I would have a whole lot of follow-up questions. (laughs) I'd have a lot. And probably when the angel answered one, I'd have some more follow-up questions. We see something here in Joseph, a man of compassion and empathy and character. We also see someone of great trust and faith. He takes what the angel says. He takes care of Mary. Jesus is born. We have the fulfillment of the echo of the promise that is rang rang down through the ages, that is sounded through the covenants, through the prophets, that a Messiah would come. Here it's fulfilled. And in this moment, Joseph receives it in trust and faith. There's a scripture, um, another a New Testament reading that's assigned for today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, um, that we didn't hear read, that I want to read for you briefly. Uh, these few words from the very beginning of the book of Romans, because I think that helps us apply that echo to our lives today. Listen to these words from Paul. This is the first few verses of the first chapter of Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets, in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we have received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. You know, when Paul wrote that letter to the church in Rome, now we think of Rome. I mean, Rome, that's the seat of the Catholic church. And there's actually also a huge Protestant contingent in Rome as well. When Paul wrote this, they were likely meeting in somebody's home. This was the fledgling church. And Paul penned this letter that has shaped the church for two millennia. Do you hear what Paul did? He talked about the promise of the one through the prophets, the one who would come. And Paul is an apostle. Apostele in Greek means a one who is sent. So he is sent because of Jesus, because of who he is and what he's done. The one who was foretold by the prophets. Paul is now sent and set apart to proclaim the good news. Friends, do you see The echo resounding. The prophet spoke of it. 
It echoed in the people's ears for hundreds of years. Then Jesus came, saved us from our sins, rose again, ascended into heaven. And now Paul continues that message, taking it out, spreading it, speaking it. And the word still goes out. And friends, for us today, we're called to be like Paul. If you're a Christian, if you're a baptized believer in Jesus Christ, you are set apart. You're an apostle. You are sent. You're set apart for the good news of Jesus Christ. To proclaim it, to teach it, to live it out. To keep the echo going of the one who came 2,000 years ago. And just like Joseph, we take that message as weird and strange as it may be to some, that God came into the world to save sinners. But we take that message and we proclaim it in word and deed, near and far, to everyone. Friends, as Advent comes to a close and as we move soon into the Christmas season, We're reminded, friends, that the gift that we've been given is not a gift to keep for ourselves. There's a biblical pattern for gifts. When someone in the Bible is given a gift, they're given a gift so that they can then give it away. When Paul talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're not just for that individual for them to keep and hoard. It's so that they can then bless and help Others around them. Every gift that you have been given from God is to give away. The gift of Jesus Christ that we've been given, we don't keep that news to ourselves. We share it. We share the love of Jesus Christ with those around us. Like Joseph, we take it in. We receive this mystery in faith and trust. And like Paul We are then sent out, we're set apart to continue the echo, to keep it going. That resounding message down through the ages that the Messiah will come, the Messiah has come, the Messiah will come again. And friends, that is a gift worth sharing. Amen? Amen.